Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side-splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. You know, sometimes we wish that we wouldn't have done something, right? Or maybe that we wouldn't have said something. You know, in the Bible, we're not the only ones, because in the Bible, David... He really shouldn't have set up his right-hand man to die. And Samson shouldn't have hooked up with Delilah. And Moses shouldn't have murdered the Egyptian. And Peter shouldn't have denied Christ. And Jonah shouldn't have run from God. And in the Bible, there's a lot of woulda, shouldas, right? There's a lot of regrets. But there's also a God, amen, that takes our regrets and our failures. And he restores us. He rebuilds us. He loves us. And his grace is greater than any failure that we could have ever done. You know, one thing that is true is that we have all failed God. At some time in our life, we've failed God or, you know, made a mistake or fallen short. And if you're like me, there's times that I just wish I had a do-over. That movie, Back to the Future. The scientists invented a way to get the DeLorean to go back in time. And so he invented what was called the flux capacitor. And when he put it into the car, it went back in time. You know, I wonder today, if you had an opportunity to go back in time, where would you go? What would you do? You know, would we go back to when Jesus was going from Jerusalem to Nazareth? Would we have been there when Moses was taking the Israelites out of Egypt and and God separated the Red Sea? You know, what would we have gone back to see? You know, maybe you just would go back and ask God to let you redo something. You know, can you imagine how amazing it would be to sit on a boat with Peter as he scrolled across the water? Or can you imagine Mary and Martha, their face, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? That would have been a great scene to go back and experience. We would all love to jump in to a pivotal crossroads, whether in the life of somebody else or our life, we would love a chance at a do-over. You know, the chance to go back and undo or redo something would be amazing because every one of us have made decisions in life that we've had to pay the price for. You know, for some of us, maybe it was like this crazy prom dress or a crazy hairstyle. Y'all think I got big hair now? In the 80s, I was an Aquanet girl. And my dad loves texting us these crazy pictures of me and my sisters, and we have the biggest hair in the world. You know, maybe it was a bad date, right? Maybe it was a bad business decision. You know, we all wish sometimes we could go back and make a redo, have a chance to change it. But whatever that mistake or trouble, you know, the reality is this, is that We don't have those chances to go back. I'm going to break the news to you this morning. Time machines aren't real. There is no flex capacitor, and you're not going to get in a DeLorean and go fix your problems. You're not going to have that, but here's the good news. You don't have to go back, amen, because going forward in Christ is a great place to be going, amen? You see, so many times, have you ever met somebody where their best days is all they talk about? All they talk about is their past. Those were their best days. But here's the great news this morning is that in Christ, your your past is behind you, but your better days are ahead of you. Amen? 
You, God's got new memories and new opportunities for you. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19 says this. It says, forget the former things. I love that. A version I have here says, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams and wastelands. In wastelands? No, in wastelands too. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but how many of you know what that verse is saying? Is that when you're in a desert, I'll make water spring up. I will make the impossible happen for you. That's a God that we serve, that still provides, still heals, and he's on the throne. Amen? So we need to forget about going back, and we need to go forward in Jesus. It's funny when you get older how I used to hear people say this all the time. I have night driving problems. And I'd be like, they're just getting older. Well, now when I drive, sometimes it's hard at night. Sometimes I want somebody to walk me through this, you know? So if you're in the passenger seat, I might say, am I good? Sometimes people can see things that you can't see. See, sometimes God will position people in your blind side. He'll put people to see things that you can't see, to warn you. He sends us a warning. There might be some danger you can't see, but there is wisdom in the multitude of counsel. God has placed people in our lives to see things we can't see. You know, some of us would have to admit that if we would have only listened, we might be in a different situation. So what now? What do we do now? There is no time machine. And sometimes we're dealing with the consequences of our past choices. Sometimes we feel like we can't trust ourselves to make better decisions. Well, I I know this. I know that we have made regretful choices but we also can rejoice that God will intervene. See, we don't like it when other people intervene, but how many of you know sometimes you need God to step in the mix? You need him to step in the middle of it. Can you think of a time where God said no? He closed a door and you were trying to get in and you're like, thank God he shut that door. Right? That person you were dating, you almost got married to, and you're like, praise you, Jesus in heaven. How to be that name? Yes, I know. I know that feeling. Look, one thing about God, I love this old song. There's one thing about God is that he's an on-time God. We used to sing it here, and it says, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Now that y'all are that good, let's sing it together. He's an on-time God. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Really easy words. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He may not come when you want him, but he'll be Look, y'all ready? Keep on going. I'm just trying to do a verse. How many of you know he's on time? Come on, let's praise God. In the Bible, he was never late either. It felt like he was late. How many of you know God will take you to the edge? Sometimes you're like, Jesus, where are you at? In the Bible, he was on time with somebody else, and that was Jonah. See, Jonah was a prophet who lived 
north of Nazareth during the reign of the 13th king. His name was Jeroboam. And he was in charge of all of Israel. And God asked Jonah to go reach this particular group of people. And here's the deal. Jonah went the opposite direction. How many of you know that sometimes God's calling you to do something and we purposely go the opposite way? And there's two things about what God asked Jonah to do. It's kind of you know, if I could compare it a little bit, you got Russia going over here in Ukraine. It's like if Jonah was from Ukraine and God said, I want you to go to Russia and I want you to tell them that I love them and then I'll forgive them if they repent and turn from their wicked ways. Has God ever asked you to do something that you couldn't wrap your mind around? You see, there's two important facts about Jonah and one, Nineveh, the place God was asking him to go, had a nickname. It was called the City of Blood. And the people there, man, they were bad people. There was idolatry. There was pride. They were very brutal people. And in their passion to overthrow the world and slaughter those that got in the way, they hated Israel. And so here is Jonah, and God says, I want you to go to them. Can you imagine that? Look, the second thing I want you to know is this. Here's what Jonah is dealing with, he knows that God is gracious. He's merciful. He's slow to anger and he's abundant. That means he's got so much loving kindness that even God could wrap his arms around a nation with a bunch of people like that. You know, Jonah knew, he knew the Ninevites, if they heeded the warning, that God would spare them. See, that's what made it tough for Jonah. He said, if I tell them about your goodness, if I tell them about your loving kindness, they just might turn around and you may spare them. See, what God was telling him to do made no sense to Jonah. Imagine the thoughts running through his mind. And he's like, so wait, what? You want me to risk my life to go save the enemy? You want me to go into that office and be nice to that girl that's been mean to me? You want me to forgive that man that walked out on me with all my kids and left me alone? You want me to forgive a father or mother that I felt abandoned from? You're asking me to go in the enemy's camp and do something? You've got to be kidding. See, these things were running through Jonah's mind. And here's what stands out to me about the situation is that Jonah heard God. How many of you know when you call your children, whether they respond or not, they hear you? See, I'll be like, hey, baby, I need you. Hey, I need you. Then it's first, middle, and last name. You better make it to this kitchen right now, boy, or you're not going to have dinner. See, Jonah heard the voice of God, but because God's instruction didn't fall in line with what he thought would make sense, he went in the opposite direction. Has God ever asked you this morning to do something, and you just thought, it is going against everything inside of me? This makes no sense to me. I can't see forgiving this person. There's no way I can let this go. And God is saying, if I have forgiven you, you need to forgive them. Amen? See, God is speaking to us. The question is, are you listening? Jonah heard, but he didn't listen. And this has happened to me. How many things can you look back and say, ooh, if I just had a redo moment? You show, in fact, what happened with Jonah is he went in the opposite direction. And the question is, did he think for a moment that he could hide from God? 
Yes, he did. He thought for sure. But how many of you know when it comes to God, you can run, but you cannot hide? Amen? And how many of you are grateful that even though you're running, he will chase after you? He will come after you. So the Bible tells us that Jonah hit on a ship, and he's about to sail to Tarshish. That is the opposite direction from Nineveh. And he is about to go on this trip. And as the vessel, it says that as the the boat went across the great sea, God sent a mighty wind to communicate. I like that word. He was correcting, right? Sometimes God will correct us. And it says he sent it to communicate to Jonah that he wasn't joking. A violent storm. It was torrential. There was winds. It was the perfect storm. And God went after Jonah to send him a message that you cannot run away from my presence. And I will do what I got to do to get my message across. But here's, here's the part. On the same boat were also other sailors. They're panicking. They've got families. They're praying to their gods. Their lives were threatened. And the crew starts throwing cargo over. And where is Jonah in the middle of all this? You see, his sin rocked the boat. How many of you know that bad decisions will rock a boat in your life? You see, you don't understand why your finances are a mess, but you didn't tithe and you held back from God. And you want to know where the provision is. See, there are decisions that we will make that will rock the boat. And so this is what happened. Jonah rocked the boat, and in the middle of the storm, brought on by his disobedience, Jonah is asleep. He's asleep down under the deck. And sometimes when we want to run away from things, we want to turn a deaf ear to situations. We want to act like nothing is happening. We will try to run away until God. You see, in Jonah's case, the captain went down after him. And he starts saying, how can you sleep at a time like this? I need you to get up and pray to your God. They couldn't figure out what was going on. But Jonah came to a point and he said, look, I serve the God. Amen. I serve the God of the Hebrews. And he said, this is why this storm is happening. And so here's the deal. Is that if God sent such a violent storm after him, These guys on the boat, all the sailors started going, this guy really messed up. You know, what on earth have you done? They begin to ask him, what are you going to do to make the storm away? We're all going to die here. And Jonah, like most of us at times, was just a little slow in recognizing he was the problem. How many of you know it's easy to blame everybody else, but sometimes we got to look in the mirror at ourselves. See, it's not always everybody else. We always want to put the finger on somebody. I'm talking to somebody here today. I don't know if you bring me back, but I just want to set somebody free. Is that it's not always somebody else's fault. And so he realized that. And so he understood that the storm raged because he refused to listen. His disobedience caused other people to suffer. And when we don't listen to God, there are consequences. I'll say that one more time. When we don't listen to God, there are consequences. You see, our disobedience affects everybody around us. And sometimes we think, we're not hurting anybody else. I'm not hurting anybody else if I'm doing this on the side over here. But look, the unsuspecting sailors, they were on that boat. And just because of Jonah, their whole life got rocked too. Amen? 
But here's the deal. The crew endured the same storm as Jonah did. Disobedience cost us and those around us unnecessary pain. Needless trials and waste so much of our precious time. Jonah's problem wasn't that he couldn't hear. He was a prophet. He heard from God all the time. It said he decided not to listen. He decided not to obey. It's time to start listening. Here's where the Holy Spirit comes in because he will nudge you. He'll make you feel comfortable or uncomfortable with a situation. See, we've all done things that we've regretted, but we have to make a decision to listen, not to just our voice, but to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will guide you and walk you through the next phase, the next steps of your life. Look, some of us need to stop running from God. We have to understand God's plan and accept his purpose. But then try, amen, to allow God to walk you through your decisions. You know, sometimes we're afraid. And I bet Jonah was afraid. But if we don't obey, the price that we're going to pay is so much greater than what we think we're going to get by with over here. See, what we fail to realize is that what Jonah also failed to realize is not obeying God will cost you so much more. It'll cost you so much more. And even so, God is faithful and he provides a way out. Even though you made some bad decisions, God said, I got your back. My favor's still on you. My grace is greater. I'm going to open up another door. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to connect you with the right people. God, he must just sit back and laugh at us sometimes. But then he's just like a loving parent that goes, don't worry. We're going to try this again. And for some of us, again and again and again. 1 John 1, 9 promises this. If we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us. Tell that to yourself. He'll forgive me. He will forgive our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. In other words, God will wipe the slate clean. Sometimes we go back to God and we say, yeah, but God, we feel unworthy. Maybe you have a need, but you say, but I feel unworthy because I failed in this area, right? Maybe you, you're asking God for something great, but that, that sin of the past is holding you, you know, by your, your thoughts and your emotion. And God is going, hold up. I'm going to wipe the slate clean. You're good. Start again. Go forward in Jesus' name. That is the God that we serve. So many people don't come to church sometimes because they feel like they're not worthy enough to walk into a church building. Isn't that the lie of the enemy? You know, sometimes it traps us. We say, no, I I really don't feel worthy to volunteer. I don't feel worthy to serve as an usher. Look, none of us are worthy if it not be for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? None of us would be worthy. When Jonah acknowledged That all of this trouble was because he didn't do what God asked him to do. He was thrown overboard. It was then that the seas became calm. Sometimes a sacrifice is going to be required of you. But as awful as living inside of a fish sounds, dying in an angry sea is so much worse. But the reality is that God sent provision. Provision isn't always how you think it's going to work out. But God will make a way and he'll open a door. That fish was God's provision. God thought about him, loved him, probably chuckled a little and thought, man, you need to be obedient. And he gave him another chance. 
Sometimes God's way of escape is not what we expected. But when we listen, he will quiet the storm and give us a way out of that trouble. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 reminds us of this. It says, no temptation is overtaking you except what is common to man. I love that because to me, that's a whole attitude in that verse right there. It says, look, baby, you ain't the only one going through it. You're not the only one that's been tempted with it. If you've been tempted, somebody else has been tempted. It's going to be all right. Amen? God is faithful, and he's not going to let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll provide a way that you can endure it. You know, maybe you're in a situation at work that feels uncomfortable, and you just, man, the thought of going back one more day just makes you feel, you just start cringing. Maybe you're facing a health issue or a sickness and it just makes you, you know, just want to lose it. Have you ever felt like you want to lose your salvation? How many of you know sometimes it gets so tough we forget we're saved? God says, I'm going to provide a way of escape. You know, a modern day Jonah, I love the story of, you remember Billy Graham, he was a great evangelist. And Billy Graham filled coliseums and Billy Graham told people that Jesus loved them and millions came to Jesus. But his son didn't want anything to do with his father's walk. And his son, Franklin, he actually was a self-described bad boy. He did everything opposite. And then he said this in his own words. He said, I just felt that if I put myself into the pulpit, I would be like a lightning rod for all the comparisons. Can you imagine being the kid of Billy Graham? Every eye was on everything he did. And Graham's boyhood grew into a young adulthood of rebellion. They tried, Billy and his wife tried to go after him and save him. They put him in a boarding school. He got kicked out. They put him in another boarding school. He got kicked out for hanging out with girls after hours. The story goes on that in Switzerland in 1974, Billy Graham talked to his son about the direction his life was going into. Looking at him straight in the eyes, he said, I want you to know that my, your mother and I are concerned and we're worried about your life and that you are going to have to make a choice. Every one of us have to make a choice. You see, these words begin to trouble young Franklin Graham as he traveled all over Europe with a bottle of scotch in his hand. But one night in a hotel room in Jerusalem... What a great place to know Jesus. Franklin's life changed. He found himself alone reading the Gospel of John. And when he read the part about Nicodemus had to be born again, all of a sudden the, the words came off of the pages. He said, if Nicodemus needs to be born again, then Franklin Graham needs to be born again too. Amen? And he came to know Jesus. He stopped running in the opposite direction. And later a good friend of a Billy Graham, Bob Purse, invited him on a six-week mission trip all over Asia with World Vision and Samaritan's Purse. And when the president of that company passed away, young Franklin Graham became the next leader of Samaritan's Purse. How many have ever heard of that great ministry of World Vision making an impact all over the world? He took over as the president and chairman of what is now a $131 million organization 300 employees distributing supplies for people suffering from the war, famine, and natural disasters. You see, he stopped rocking the boat of rebellion. He stopped rocking the boat of comparison. 
And so he came to a point where he stopped running from the calling of God on his life. Your daddy may not be Billy Graham, but I want you to know that every one of us have a calling on our life. Amen? Every one of us, God is calling us to stop turning from distractions and helping to bring the lost to Jesus. God's so good. He's a God of many chances. Invite Rosalinda to speak at your meeting or group. Go to rosalinda.live for more details. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.